You are now listening to the Faith Community Bible Church Podcast. It's our prayer that this message is not only a blessing to you, but to your entire family. Join us as we aim to make Christ known in our community by caring for the community. God bless. Amen. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. Faith community, thank you for having me. While you're standing, open your Bibles to Philippians 2. We want to read the Word of God while we are standing in honor and reverence of God's Word. Philippians 2, starting at verse 12. I'm just going to read those two verses, 12 and 13. The Word of God reads, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Bow your heads with me. Father God, we thank you for the amazing grace that you have offered us in Christ Jesus. We thank you for this wonderful salvation that you have gifted to us, Lord. You have saved us. You have delivered us. You have sent Jesus to live, to die, and to rise for us while we were yet sinners. God, now you call us to work out this thing, that this, this marvelous gift that you have, this, this uh, treasure that you've hidden in these jars of clay that I see before me. So God, I pray right now that we will focus on your word, that we will focus on the person of Christ. Lord, we're here to celebrate Pastor Bird. We're here to celebrate Pastor Baker. But most importantly, we're here to celebrate Jesus. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for redeeming us. Thank you for delivering us. If there's anyone who's redeemed, say thank you, Lord. God, we bless your name. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. We thank you and give you glory in Jesus' name. Let all God's people say amen. Amen. You may take your seats. I truly thank God for this opportunity to be before you all. It is a blessing. It is a privilege. Thank thank y'all for letting us share space with y'all. Some of y'all come in through the upper parking lot, and if you get here early, you walk past, and you you see this guy screaming, and you may wonder, what is he screaming about? That's me. I'm I'm excited about the Lord, and I'm, I'm trying to get my folks juiced up about Jesus. But we're thanking God today for your shepherds, for Pastor Michael Bird, Sr., Pastor Lawrence Baker, Sr., okay, I'm going to throw a term on there, Esquire or something. But we thank God for these men of God that you have, and most importantly, for Jesus. Because I know y'all are here because y'all love them, but y'all are here because you love Jesus. And Paul, in this passage that we're reading, he's speaking to the church at Philippi, he's telling them to obey as much in his presence as in his absence. Faith community, I know y'all just celebrated your seven-year anniversary. Amen? Amen. Praise God for that. 
So that means that your congregation has received seven plus years of teaching, preaching, shepherding, and encouragement from your pastors. Amen. And and I, I wanted to do a little homework. Any anybody good in math? Where, where my my middle schoolers? My she said eh, a little some some math and be hard. But I, I did my, my homework just uh, to get the full faith community experience. And so I, I did a little research on y'all YouTube page. And I don't, I don't know how many, uh, any, any day ones in the building. Where are the, the faith community day ones? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Okay, okay, I, I see. Lady Bird, I, I saw Pastor Shelton raise his hand. Okay. Go back to your YouTube page for those of you who aren't day ones. Look back. You're going to notice on the first YouTube video, Pastor Bird had hair. He had a hairline, saints. Look, I looked at another video. His waves was busting. Yes, he had hair. And, and, and so I looked at him, and then I look at him now, and I say, now this is what faithful ministry will do to you. Pastor Lawrence Baker had hair at one point. He even has hair on the website, on, on his picture. This is what faithful ministry will do to you. Pastor Darren, where, where are you at, Pastor Darren? I don't know what you looked like before, but Pastor Darren, this is what faithful ministry will do to you. I know you're getting ready to launch the, the North City campus. This is what faithful ministry will do to you. So I, I better be careful because I don't know if, if in faith community, if y'all got something to come down from the ceiling that, that's going to get me. For playing with y'all. <laughs> but the other thing that I noticed while I was on y'all YouTube page doing my homework is that the average service time is somewhere around an hour and a half. And, and uh, because I know uh, Mike, we, we, we kind of homies, uh, I'm going to assume that his sermon's on average about an hour. Don't say amen. Don't say amen. Going to get yourselves in trouble. But knowing this, knowing that there are in one week 168 hours, you all are under the direct discipleship of your pastor for one hour out of every 168-hour week. 52 hours out of every 8,736-hour year. 364 hours out of 61,152 hours over the past cumulative seven years. Now, percentage-wise, that's only 0.6% of your time. Only 0.6% of your time are you under your pastor's direct discipleship. So what's going on with the other 99.4% of your time, saints? Well, are we working out our faith? Are we working out this, this gracious salvation we've been given in the power of the Spirit? Or do you spend that 99% of your time? Oh, hey, Pastor! Hey, how you doing? You see, Pastor, and, and, and you stunting. You're putting the mask on. You, you out in the parking lot of Walmart. Hey, man, get up out my face before I bust your... Oh, Pastor, I ain't see you over there. Do, do we get up on praise and worship when we sing withholding nothing, withholding And then they say, we need volunteers for the children's ministry. And we say, withholding that thing. 
uh-uh, no, nah, because cause I know them kids in the children's ministry, they don't brush their teeth. Uh, some, some of them got, e, e, uh, what's it called, honey, IEP? Yes, I ain't going to do that, no. That's another church, that ain't faith community. Do you say that you are here to make Christ known in the community, but when there's community outreach, you say, ah, Pastor, um, whoo, you know, that's on date night. I can't make it. And your philosophy is if pastor don't see you, we don't see you. If pastor don't witness you and say, praise God for you, sister, praise God for you, brother, you like, oh. Pastor ain't going to be at that event. I ain't going to be at that event. Pastor ain't preaching. I ain't going to be at service. Can I add this thing? Can I add this caveat? Not only do y'all have faithful pastors, but y'all have faithful pastors' wives. Amen. Ain't that right, honey? Let me back up. Let me back up. I, I, got, I got into this thing too fast. Y'all look over to my right. This beautiful woman over here, my beautiful wife, Lady Kimberly Knox. That's my rib. That's my, my muse, my inspiration. That's my faithful pastor's wife. And I thank God for that. But y'all know in no other occupation is the spouse of the person hired expected to show up except for pastoring. When, when you hire Pastor Bird, y'all expected Lady Tracy. You didn't know it. When you hire Pastor Baker, you expected Lady Brenda. You didn't know it. You expected women of faith. You expected praise and worship. You expected sin network. That's a different ministry. We as church members expect to be poured into, as Paul is saying, but do we work out what's been poured into us? I had this thing growing up. Y'all, y'all may not know, but I grew up in the south of Chicago, south suburbs, and th- there was this thing I, I didn't realize till I was grown. I was a latchkey kid. Now, nowadays, we frown upon latchkey kids. That, that means when your parents at work, you got this key that's tied to a shoelace around your neck, and you get off the bus, you're supposed to go straight home. Don't stop at the park. Don't stop at your friend's house. Don't stop at the candy lady's house. Go in your house, and you do your homework. You eat your snack, all of this thing. So my mom would call me from work and say, Daishan, I'm going to be home at 5 o'clock. You remember what your chores are? Yes, mama, I was supposed to make my bed up. I was supposed to clean my room. I was supposed to get all my toys out the living room. So knowing that she would be home at 5 o'clock, I would get home from school, and I would be playing and watching TV. And then at 445, I'm like, oh, mama. And she would look, look at me, just getting carried away. <laughs> she would look and she say, your bed is half made. You didn't do toys up under the bed. You didn't do the job. You didn't do the job. And I wonder if that's how we are sometimes. If when the pastor is gone, we say, yeah, I'm going out to the club. Look, I'm struggling up here. Help me, Lord. There we go. All right. We go into the club. We doing all types of things. Put it in my pocket. There we go. We can work this thing out. And then we show up on service. We put on our good clothes. And we say, I, I love the Lord, Pastor. 
We have half-hearted worship. We have half-done ministry efforts. But God doesn't want half-done ministry. He doesn't want a half-hearted commitment. Faith community, how can we faithfully work out what's been poured into us by these faithful pastors? And my church is here, God's grace. Wave your hand, wave your hand. God's grace. Every time you hear me say faith community, you just insert God's grace. Because this message is for you too. So in our passage today, I got three ways that Paul is showing us as believers how we can work out what's been poured into us. That's my thought for today. Working out what's been poured in. Working out what's been poured in. So number one, work yourself out of your complaints. Mm. Number two, we're going to cling to the word of God. And number three, we're going to rejoice with those who lead you. So my first point, work yourself out of your complaints. Now, I know at Faith Community, we don't have no complaining saints. We don't have no murmurers. We don't have no grumblers. But y'all know complaints are a lot like armpits. Everybody's got them, and they all stink. And Paul knows this, which is why in verse 14 and 15, he says, Do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent. Children without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. You may say, well, what's wrong with complaining? Life is hard. Yeah, life is hard. Life is hard, but our God is still good. Amen? Our God is still good. And when we complain, saints, the world hears us. They see us. They say, you worship Jesus. And you saying all this stuff, you making all these complaints, is your God strong enough? Is your God mighty to save? It makes us look blemished. It makes us look crooked. It makes us look just like this dark generation that we live amongst. We're no longer set apart. We look just like the world. And, and, and here, here's the thing. Don't raise your hand. If you have an unsaved spouse. Do not, I repeat, do not go home complaining about your church to your unsaved spouse. Lord, if Pastor Bird going to preach another hour and a half sermon, oh, it burnt my greens. He knew I had greens on the stove. Lord, and then they got the nerve to ask us to show up for, for the Christmas uh, uh, shoebox uh, gifts. And, and I ain't got money for that. I'm trying to get something for the grandbaby. And he says, see, that's why I don't go to your church now. We are called to shine as lights in the world. My biblical worldview should brighten up the room when I walk in. When I walk in at work, they should say, oh, Rashawn is saved. Like he, he for real about that life. He, he, he don't just talk about it, but he be about it. He faithful to his wife. He don't be cheating. He don't be cussing nobody. He don't be lying. Say, say, right? I should be the hope of glory instead of being hid. What did Paul say? He said in Colossians 1.27, To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Yes, life is hard. Life is difficult, but we have hope. We got Jesus. 
We shouldn't be sitting back. Oh, well, you know, the bills is due. Say you got a light bill due. You got a gas bill too. Telephone disconnect, waiting on your next paycheck. Say, tell them what y'all to do. Jesus will work it out. We should have hope, and we should share this hope with the world so they can say, ooh, I got a light bill due too. And I'm about to bust somebody's head to pay this bill. I'm about to go flip some birds, and I ain't talking about Pastor Bird or Lady Tracy. God has made the mystery of grace known to the saints. Christ in you, Christ in me, the hope of glory. So when the pastors say, we're having a clean up day, saints, we shouldn't be saying, but I ain't messing it up. Why I got to clean up? We, we, we need to be like the people in Ezra 1 and 5. We've just been working through Ezra, God's grace, right? In Ezra 1 5, it says, everyone whose spirit God had stirred up was eager to go and build the house of the Lord. When the pastors say, we fence to do, you should say, yes, we are. And I'm glad about it. When pastors say, we have a watch me service on New Year's, we have a sunrise service on Easter. I know some of us may say, but pastor, the crackheads is up early and the freaks come out at night. But we should be like David in Psalm 122 where he says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I can't wait to get there. I mean, I'm bending corners on 367 trying to get to faith community. When pastor preach against shacking, we should be like, why he up my business? Out here in the streets, he ain't put your name out there. I know Pastor Bird ain't going to be like that. We, we shouldn't be sitting back like, I didn't like the praise team today. They always sing that song. Why they have to medley them two together? Because on the Israel Houghton, when he do his medley, he, he goes Alpha and Omega, and then he goes into we worship. I like how they did that. We, we, we shouldn't walk in talking about, oh, now, why are you sitting in my seat, visitor? You, you didn't see my prints in this seat? We, we shouldn't be coming talking about, I know it's the Lord's Supper, but I like saltines. I don't like them prepackaged. I brought my own, thank you. I'm good. I got Welch's. We talking about it's too hot, it's too cold. Huh. Complaint after complaint after complaint. But if we focus on the mission, if we focus on being the hands and feet of Jesus, we will work ourselves out of our complaints to the point where we like, what was I finna say? My light is shining so bright, I forgot what was in my heart in the first place. People are going to see your good works. They're going to glorify your Father in heaven, as Matthew 5.16 says. My second point, we need to cling to God's word. As we work out what's been poured in, not only do we work ourselves out of our complaints, but we cling to God's word. He says in verse 16, holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ, I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Paul tells us, hold fast to the word of life. Cling to the word of God. But what's so special about the word of God? What's so special? See, I, I know, saints, maybe not a faith community, but elsewhere, folks got their YouTube influencers. We, we, we got podcasts that we listen to. 
So, some of us like to practice our transcendental meditation. We got our om, nam yo horenge kyo. I know some folks, they, they burn their incense, they burn their sage, they trying to cleanse the spirits. Just get you some poopery, handle that. And it, yeah. But the word of God, it says some things about it. So I could tell y'all what the theologians say, but y'all didn't sign up for seminary. I know the theologians say things like the Bible is infallible in its original manuscripts, but I need to talk to y'all in a way that you can take home today. How can I convey the importance of Scripture with Scripture itself? Look at what Isaiah says in Isaiah 40, verse 6. He says, a voice says, cry, and I said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flowers fade. When the breath of the Lord blows on it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers. The flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Isaiah said, your body is weak. Your body is fragile. Your beauty is fading like dollar store denim. But the word of God stands forever till the end of time. I know some of y'all say, but I be up in the gym. I mean, you don't, I, I got that Kirk Franklin on. If you know, you know. <laughs> but Isaiah says you're still weak. Trust God's word, not your strength. So, so, some of you say, ladies, I got the body, yaddy, yaddy. Isaiah said you're going to get old. Nobody going to care how banging your body was when gravity take hold of you. God's word stands forever. Isaiah goes on in Isaiah 55 and 10. He says, for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. I know I'm dating myself a little bit, but Drake said back in the day, I just want to be successful. God said his word is the thing that's going to succeed. Not only does God's word last forever, but it accomplishes God's mission, which is our salvation. All that other stuff is going to fade. The influence is going to drop off. The, the, the YouTube channel is going to be gone. The say nothing for you, the tea leaf reading, the, 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 the palm reading, all of that stuff ain't doing nothing for you. The horoscopes, I, 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 I hate it. Look, I don't, I don't know about y'all. I hate it when people, what's your sign? Jesus. Somebody said dollar. Help them, Lord. Help them, Lord. No, because real talk, I, I, I'm born on December 31st, and I got a homie that's born on January 1st, and I mean, we like oil and water. We couldn't be no more similar. I'm like, how y'all letting this, these horoscopes dictate to you who you are, what's going to happen in your life, and it, it don't mean nothing. 
But the Word of God stands forever. If I practice these principles in the Word of God, then my life will line up with God's. And I ain't saying it's going to be easy, but I'm going to fulfill my purpose. Look, let me wrap the trail real quick. You know who D1 is? He's this, this gospel rapper. He's been talking uh, about how some of the other secular rappers need to do better, right? And here's the thing. We talk that talk when it works for us, but then as soon as something happens contrary to that, then we're like, oh, man. Like, like, like we're going to put our record saying murder, 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 kill, 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 till your peoples get killed. And then you're like, oh. And, yeah, you might go out and say, well, I'm going to clap back. And then they're going to clap back, and then everybody's going to be all clapped out. I mean, look, the, 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 the people talk about uh, marketing their bodies in, in these songs and only, all these things, but then you look at their marriages and their relationships, and it's falling apart. And they, they, they sitting there trying to put two and two together like, but why, though? Because you're not grounded in the Word of God. If you're expecting it to work out for you, you think he's going to be faithful to you and he ain't saved? The saints, the, the, the godly men is, is, is trusting God enough to be faithful with the power of the Holy Ghost. So I don't know what in the world these folks are doing in the world. Maybe they have an open relationship, situations, and entanglements. I don't know. Paul said in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that every man and woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And Paul said, even though these 66 books got 40 authors, these aren't the words of men. This is the word of God. It is God breathed it out. Like, he is the only one that can breathe and things leap into existence. These are God's words, and they're useful for teaching and for training and for correction and making Christians equipped for every good work. This is why we cling to God's word. Nothing else lasts as long. Nothing else is as effective. Nothing else claims to be God's word. Nothing else will equip you for every good work. But true Christians, we cling to God's word. It outlasts the competition. It comes from the mouth of God. It can equip you to serve God. But most importantly, it's mighty to save you. When you cling to the word, Pastor Burr is preaching. I, I, I did what you said, and I started focusing on my discipleship to Christ and reading the word and praying and me and my wife, we started getting on the same page. I, I, I started realizing that this flesh in me needs to be crucified daily. And, and, and I stopped uh, raising my voice and, and smacking my kids around. And I got it together. And, and we had some peace and harmony, even if we were still mid to low income. I know we may, maybe we got some high income folks or whatever, but God's word works for all people groups. When you cling to God's word, Pastor Baker's teaching is not in vain. When you cling to God's word, Lady Tracy's discipleship is not in vain. When you cling to the word, Lady Melinda's service is not in vain. When you cling to what is being taught about Christ, life, death, resurrection, 
That's the only reason why we're here. Because if we just here for these two Negroes right here, y'all can find some, some, some yeah, yeah, y'all, y'all can find some better brothers. But if you hear from men who serve God and love God, you're in the right place to be. My third point, rejoice with those who lead you. The last way we work out what's poured into us is by rejoicing with those who lead us. At verse 17, Paul realizes he's passing away. He's getting a little older. Eyes ain't doing what they used to. Legs ain't doing what they used to. He says in verse 17, even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. Those of us who devote our lives to ministry are offering our lives as a libation. Y'all know what that is? That's something that is poured out in honor of a deity, in honor of the God of heavens and earth that we serve. Preachers, pastors, pour out our lives. And we know this. We, we have no issue with it. But the question is, is it having an impact? He said he's glad to pour out his life as a sacrifice to produce faith in the Philippians. So do we as believers, when our pastors pour their lives out, as they're rejoicing, as they're excited, I am so glad that I could be spending time preparing sermons and preaching instead of being at home with my wife, instead of being home with my kids, instead of starting this, this, this uh, uh, 500, uh, Fortune 500 minutes business. I'm so glad to do this thing, but are we as members rejoicing with them? When pastor preaches against sin, when he shows us what discipleship looks at like, when, when he lays out the values of promoting Jesus, loving others, intentional evangelism, and gospel-centeredness, do we shout, yes, I agree, sign me up. But then with our actions, we're like, man, I don't know what they're talking about. Do we openly commit to promote Jesus while secretly nurturing sin, nurturing bitterness, nurturing gossip, jealousy, laziness, and mediocrity? Let me tell y'all something. I'm going to try not to go too far south here. People, raise your hands, married people. Married people, and, and I'm going I'm to talk to the wives. I was debating on whether I was going to say this or not. But wives, when you say, hey, honey, you want to spend some time tonight? How does it going to make you feel if your husband like, eh, eh. well, I, I, I was going to get on the sticks, you know. I was going to watch the game. We could. Yeah, you know, what you want to do? Lukewarmness. Like, what did it say? I would rather you be hot or cold. Like, apathy is killing us. It's killing us. Like, we we come to God and we like, eh, I might go to church today, I might not. 
might serve in the ministry. I might not. Yeah, I don't know. Let's see. I might, I might have some other obligations, you know. My planner is so packed. Pastors are glad to sacrifice what we know has led to the fruit of faith in your life. But when the fruit of pastoral sacrifice is met with indifference, apathy, lukewarm faith, complaining, clearly we ain't rejoicing over the same things. We show our pastors that we rejoice with them by being all-in disciples, by being committed to the mission, the vision, and the values of the ministry, not saints who are too busy. Like, like we, we have fallen into this 21st century American curse of busyness. Like, we, we let technology dictate to us, well, let me check my iCalendar. Nope, ain't got no time. Ain't got no time. Maybe you need to cut things out. Maybe there's some things that I need to say no to so that I can say yes to what God has for my life. don't need saints who aren't willing to strive for excellence. Like, if, if you want to know how, how excellent our God is, go, go back and read where, where they give all the details about the tabernacle and the temple. Like, God is like dot every I, cross every T. Excellence. We want saints who want to glorify God and see him please more than they want approval from man. Like, how many of us are going to serve even if the pastor don't see it? Even if you don't end up in the end-of-the-year ministry recap video. Even if you don't get the plaque where the pastor says, in recognition of your service. How many folks are going to say, this is what God would have me to do? Let me close. I, my, my time is thrown off because I'm used to when our service starts, and I don't know what, where I'm at in my time at this point, but let me, let me close. Um, Pastor Bird, Pastor Baker, can y'all come on up? Uh, I, I reached out to them earlier, and I asked them if they would be willing to engage in a, a feat of physical strength to put on display their, their, uh, their manliness, to see, see how competitive they are. Uh, Pastor Burr, stand on this side. And um, if both of y'all, just, just hold your hands out in front of you like that. So Psalm 20 and 5 says, May we shout for joy over salvation in the name of our God. Set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now, when we as saints trust in Christ, we're called to set up our banner. So their arms, let their arms be their banner. How long can y'all think y'all can stand like this? He said about another 30 seconds. You got it. Pastor Bird said he got it. Somebody tell your pastors, don't let down. Don't let down because not only are you holding up your banners, but in biblical times, had a staff. And that staff represented their biblical authority. Pastor Bird, here's your staff. Hold your staff up. Hold your staff up. Grab it by the handle. Man. There you go. There you go. Pastor Baker, there's your staff. Hold your staff up. Okay. So men of authority had their staff. Moses had a staff. Aaron had a staff. Jesus told his staff. And so staff the authority. They're called men of God. But not only did they have their staff and the weight of their, their faith, their foundation, their, their uh, ministry, 
but they had some other weight on them. You might want to hold that with two hands. Because, see, pastors have the weight of their wives' well-being. Pastors have the weight of their children's well-being. Pastors have the weight of their faithful members' well-being. Let me let me tighten that on for you. You're gonna need that in a minute. What y'all got? Y'all, y'all still holding on? Yeah, keep on keeping on. Flip that over for me if you can. Flip that over. Because not only that, pastors, pastors have the weight of the unfaithful members. Hold on to that. The complaining members. Pastors have the weight of the community. Pastor Shelton, you nearby? Pastor Darren, you nearby? Are they holding it up? Uh, come a little bit closer. They if, you, if you feel like, Pastor Darren, if you feel like they're going to let down, you might need to help them. Somebody say, don't let down. And they have to hold up this weight. They have to hold up this weight before you as you watch and you say, preach, pastor. Go ahead, pastor. I'll see you later, pastor. Lock up, pastor. You got it, pastor. But they need some help from other brothers to help them hold up. Help them hold up, Pastor Sheldon. Come on, put some weight up in there. Help them hold up, Pastor Darren. You feel, you feel a little weight relieved a little bit? You think you can hold up a little bit longer, a little bit longer? Look, he said, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. All right, y'all can set that down, set that down. Thank you, thank you. Praise God. Oh, you look at him showing out. But as I thought about this, I remembered a passage in Exodus 17. Moses is, is there with, with Joshua, and they are in battle. They're, they're fighting the Amalekites, and they're at Rephidim. I'm just going to paraphrase it for y'all. And, and, and Moses tells Joshua, he says, go pick on some men. Go out and fight with Amalek, and I'm going to stand on top of the hill with my staff in my hand. So Joshua went to battle. Moses is on the hill, but Moses had Aaron and Hur on the side of him. And the word says that as Moses' hands were held up high, that the children of Israel prevailed in battle. And when Moses' hands were lowered, that the Amalekites prevailed in battle. We tell our pastor, don't let down, pastor. But where are the Aaron's at? Where are the hers at? Because what, what really happened in the text is as Moses got tired, they said, let me pull up this rock. Rest on the rock, Moses. We're going to hold your hand up. And, and the, the thing that I love about this is that they got the victory. And Moses declared at the end, he says, write this as a memorial in the book. Recite it in the ears of Joshua that I will utterly blot out the memory of the Amalekites from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it, the Lord is my banner. 
they got the victory, not just because Moses didn't let down, but he had some people who were willing to hold his hands up so that they could get the victory. He had some people who knew that he needed to rest on the rock. We know that that rock is who? Jesus. That rock is Christ. So faith community, your pastors need it's going to hold their arms up. Faith community, your pastors need some folks that rest on the rock themselves, but also say, Pastor, you rest on the rock. Take the day off. Pastor Burr, you rest on the rock. I'll preach today. I got you. You rest on the rock. I got to, I'll lock up for you, Pastor. I will lead the discipleship group, Pastor. Pastor, I'll go out and make sure that the women are safe. I, I'll walk, do the parking lot ministry, Pastor. The people say, Pastor, you rest in Christ so that the work can go forward. Faith community, your pastors don't just need an amen corner. Your, your pastors don't just need pew packers and seat fillers. They need faithful members who will hold up their arms until the enemy is defeated. As they have poured their lives into you, they need you to work out what has been poured in. To work out your salvation with fear and trembling. They, they need you to focus on Christ, crucified, dead, buried and risen for your salvation. This is the salvation we're working out. Tell your pastor, don't let down, pastor, because I'm right with you. When you work out what's been poured in, you work yourself out of those complaints. When you work out what's been poured in, you cling to the word of God and nothing else. No tradition, no doctrine of demons or men. When you work out what's been poured in, you rejoice with your leaders over the things that they rejoice over. You call sin, sin. You rejoice over righteousness. Faith community, as you make Christ known in the community, by caring for the work out the faith that has been Thank you for listening to the Faith Community Bible Church podcast. We hope you are encouraged by the message on today. To respond to today's message, please go to fcbcstl.com forward slash respond. If you would like to give to support the mission and vision of Faith Community Bible Church, you can go to fcbcstl.com forward slash give. God bless.